Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited, Minister Floyd Green, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you, thank you. It is my pleasure. Happy to be here. Awesome. Now, you know, you are a minister of promise, a minister that has so many fans on social media that, you know, have a lot of regard and respect for you and look up to you. But, you know, sometimes I wonder if we really know you. So the first question I want to ask you as our guest on Impacting Jamaica is, to talk about your early upbringing, you know, your, your family, your schooling as a youth growing up, which I understand is in rural Jamaica. Yeah, so, you know, I am proudly a countryman. Um, I say it mm. in and out anywhere I go. I am a product of rural Jamaica. And I'm, I'm happy for that because I do find, especially in the communities in which I grew up, that they do tend to foster the best of us in Jamaicans. And um, that was my upbringing. So the majority of my life, I grew up in St. Elizabeth. I mm. consider myself a son of St. Elizabeth. My mother and that side of the family is from St. Elizabeth. Um, and I think that is where I really shaped my fundamental values. So uh, a country upbringing, um, you know, Spent a lot of time hanging around my grandfather, Roots. I think he is part of the foundation in everything that I do. Mm. Um, a very well-loved man, um, very popular, very engaging, very kind-hearted. Mm -hmm. um, strong family values, values that were instilled by mother and father. Mm -hmm. um, so my mother is a teacher, um, has been a high school teacher for basically all of my life. Okay. And my father, my father worked in agriculture, he used to be an extension officer here in Jamaica and then migrated to Cayman where he worked for years, over 30 years. Um, so I grew up with a strong, I would say mother influence, but daddy was always here. He would come regularly. Um, mm -hmm. But with those country values about respect mm -hmm. and how respect is critical, especially in relation to your elders um, and the principles of kindness and being loving and, and manners, you know, those things. I'm working in an early age. Went to school in St. Elizabeth for the most part. Um, and I guess I do credit a lot of who I am now to Monroe College. Mm -hmm. um, all boys school again deep rural Jamaica I always say one of the beauties with Monroe is that it, it forces you to learn it's so remote that um, you really just are focused on education and really building bonds with, with the people around you mm -hmm. and um, that was that was my schooling at Monroe um, I was very involved in high school um, I do <laughs> believe that um, our group in Monroe while we did do a lot of academics we were also very outgoing, very, we loved entertainment. I think that's the hallmark of our groups, mm -hmm. of our year group in Monroe. And, and again, that colored my experiences. So during Monroe, I got involved in a lot of things. Um, I actually got the award for the most involved senior student. 
Mm. Um, so I was involved in everything from science club to ISCF to Red Cross to student council to okay. tourism action quiz. Yeah. So you're um, a politician so from I, then. Well, you know, I, I guess at that at that time, you know, you, you really never saw it as politics. Mm -hmm. But I guess from very early, I was very passionate about serving. Okay. And from very early, I think the, the teachers and um, somebody like the, the dental nurse actually in, in, in at Monroe instilled in me that I had leadership potential. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's always good when you, you have external influences that, that sort of believe and encourage you, you know. So very early in my Monroe life, the, the dental quiz, was, the dental nurse wanted to do a dental quiz and said that she believed I would be the ideal captain for the team. Mm. And the team went and did extremely well. And I think from that, and that was in law school, it started to say to me that, you know, I have leadership capabilities, plus mm -hmm. I love service. So that, that carried me through. So, so those were the early years. Those were um, my formative years and my teenage years um, in, in St. Elizabeth. Do you have any siblings? I do. I actually have four sisters. I am the only boy, you know. Uh -huh. And um, so them yes. spoil you. Them spoil you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, 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 to be honest, clearly it's a question that comes up. But I would say we we, we grew up. I would say in a humble family, mm -hmm. right? Um. I, I don't think we really wanted for much, but there it wasn't a family of luxury, right? Um, and as such, you know, my, my mother believes in, in no. My mother believes in um, doing with what you, you, you have. In fact, uh, I'll tell you a story, which she'll probably not forgive me for sharing openly. Um, but, you know, my mother wasn't afraid from time to time to, um, if needs be, use the, 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 the proverbial rod to correct the child, <laughs> right? Not a literal rod, but she wasn't afraid to dispense a beating. And I, right. I, I, I and you need, and, and you needed it, did you? Well, no, <laughs> let, let me tell you. So, you know, my mother, my mother would beat on, on, on a point of principle. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I guess this, this, the story would, would, would maybe capture, you know, the sort of upbringing I had. So, you know, I remember at one time when I was in um, prep school, I came back home and I had a toy car. And my mother said, Floyd, where did you get that? Hmm. And um, I told her I bought it at oh. the pharmacy institution where we stopped. And she said, okay, so how much you pay for it? And like, let us say, uh, I said, let's say ten dollars, for example. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Okay, so 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 you never eat lunch today?" Mm -hmm. I said, "Yeah, man, I had lunch." And she said, "But don't want you pay for lunch?" And I said, <laughs> "You know, but when you worked it out, there was clearly a deficit." So she right. said, so "Let me ask you know, so where you get the additional two dollars for to, to to get the car?" And I said, "You know, Jason, Jason, lend me." Wow, <laughs> hey. the story builds. <laughs> Well, no, there was no story after that. <laughs> because her point and that beating was to say to me that if I don't have it, 
I should do without. And I shouldn't go and borrow money from somebody to try and get something that I want and that I do not need just because I want to have it. Um, and, you know, I, I told her that it was, especially now when I'm older, I, I did tell her that that was an unnecessary um, <laughs> beating, that she could have conveyed that without beating me. In the discussion, me. right? <laughs> without beating me. But, you know, the, that, that's how mommy is. So, so mommy never spoiled me. You know, um, because she she believes in these principles yeah. that, you know, if we don't have it, we do without and we can't be happy with what we have. And, you know, even if it is humble, we can't be happy and we must be grateful. And that's a profound lesson that, you know, I'm sure our listeners, especially our young people, can appreciate that it really doesn't matter where you come from. It's the principles that really will steer your path. And so on that premise, I want you to reflect on those early years and some of the ambitions you had, some of the things that you were looking forward to. You talked about serving and leadership. Were those your ambitions? Did it just kind of come to you? So I I definitely feel like service and um, leadership kind of came to me, especially I I was really passionate about service. I liked service. I liked um, leading these groups, being a part of these service organizations and feeling like or making a difference. I guess I found that very, very early in my life. And I became president of my science club in school. And mm. we had our, our most exceptional year. And that was amazing for me because, again, it, it, the group of us had now taken over. We were in fifth form and we went on to win all the competitions that we used to participate in. And it, it, it made me see what you could do when you have a strong team around you and when mm-hmm. you um, work towards it. it it's funny when you look at some of the team members and where they are now, I'll tell you one of those team members actually who was in the science club with us is um, a guy by the name of Ajay Oliver, which people don't know as Protege. And oh. he was my, he was oh my, my public relations. He was my public relations officer. In, on your and, executive um, then? On my executive then, on oh. my executive then, yeah. So, you know, I, I think very early I, I saw how leadership could could make a difference and, and that stayed with me. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. You're an attorney, right? I am an attorney. I am an attorney at law. And so you were in science club and your father was in yes. agriculture. Yes. So You're quite a, a mix. mix. <laughs> <laughs> it was a straight path. So I tell you. I, Describe I, you the know, path. Mother, yes. My mother was, was, was convinced um, that she wanted a doctor. Oh. And she wanted me to be a doctor. And as such, I took all the sciences largely to, you know, appease my mother mm-hmm. who wanted me to be a doctor. But I remember, I think it was about fourth form, I visited a hospital and I realized I really... wasn't meant for you. No, absolutely <laughs> no. It, it's definitely one of my least favorite places. Wow. Full stop. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, I don't like so much pain. And I know it's a place that brings healing, yeah. but it, it's... It's too heavy for me. So um, in about fifth form, when I realized that I did all the sciences, but I did do history, which is one of my loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to try to convince the arts teachers in sixth form that um, I should do the arts in sixth form, even though I, I did mostly sciences. And um, I was able to negotiate with some of my teachers and mm-hmm. um, I was able to do the arts in sixth form. I think I realized during fifth form that I, I, I wanted one, maybe a position of service, but then law started to appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I did all the arts in sixth form. And then when I went to 
but I went to Mona, UE Mona. Um, I actually did a degree in history with a minor in politics. And then I went on to do my law degree and then became attorney at law. So it, it wasn't that straight path. And definitely mm. I know for some time my mother believed that um, I would be the doctor. Thankfully, my younger sister <laughs> has gone on to fulfill that dream for her. Um, Less pressure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But but yeah, I, I think I, I realized I, I was more drawn to one uh, concepts of justice concepts of social justice, mm -hmm. concepts of craft and stagecraft and being able to use uh, your intellectual reasoning skills to decipher cases and to advocate on behalf of people. So I think largely, especially in fifth form and going into sixth form, I largely evolved into advocate and, and that's why I was drawn to law and I guess ultimately why I became drawn to politics. Right, right. So it's definitely not a straight path. And I think that's great for our listeners, especially young people who will be listening, who are seeking an answer to how they can realize their full potential, change the world, and of course, be happy. What is your advice? I mean, we can glean so much from what you've already shared, but still coming from your own mind and from your own, looking back at your own journey, what is your advice to young people in Jamaica and the world over these matters of wanting to you know, fulfill your potential, wanting mm -hmm. to to be happy too. You know, the millennials now yeah, are not, yeah. they're not into, yeah. you know, any slave work or yeah. any, you know, work and then no glory. There is yeah. the bit about validation and just being happy in your life. So what is yeah. your advice to them? Yeah, well, you know, I definitely think happiness is is key. And I definitely think finding what makes you happy is, is important. Um, recognizing that life isn't necessarily a straight path is, is critical and that you you can change along the journey. And sometimes you're being pulled in, in directions that um, you really do not want to go, but you're doing it for other people. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's okay to appreciate that along the journey and to make those changes. But I think some of the fundamental things are, um, you know, belief in self is very, very important. Right. And, mm. and sometimes it can be hard, especially in a world that uses so many different things to validate different people's existence and mm -hmm. where social media is so rampant and sets a whole different sets of standards for what is good and what is uh, successful and what is happy. Um, but even so, no more than ever, belief in self is critical. So believe in self in relation to the dreams that you have, believing that they are valid, believing that um, you have what it takes to bring them to fruition, I find are, are very, very important um, mm -hmm. characteristics. You know, I, I, I was a very shy young man. Really? Even though, yeah. Okay. Uh, even though a lot of people are around would not appreciate that. Mm. In, in people who used to interact with me would not really know because I transitioned so quickly and because my mom was always big you know <laughs> I was a very loud I was a very loud youngster I was always the smallest I was so always... hold on so loud shy and small yeah yes yeah. so I, okay. I, I used my my lowness and my the biggest of my voice to kind of hide my shyness <laughs> but but even in in being shy and shy was more you know, I, I guess you would call it, uh, no, they define everything, but maybe a little, you know, afraid to socially 
engage, mm-hmm. not want to be the first, you know, don't, don't want to be the person that nobody wants to interact with. Um, but that was quickly, once somebody were to engage me, that was quickly transitioned because fundamentally I, I did have a fair amount of self-belief. Mm-hmm. And I think my grandfather, um, my mother and my father instilled a, a really good amount of self-belief in me that regardless of the fact that we're from country, regardless of the fact that we're not from a rich background, um, that we can achieve what we set our minds to. And now a word from our sponsors. We want to help you mark every milestone, celebrate the joy of living. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. How, can you go into that some more? How did they instill that belief? And I guess this one is for the parents listening. Like, what what do no, you remember so, uh, them doing or being and, for you? Very encouraging. Hmm. Very encouraging. Very, very, you know, willing to allow me to, to, to try things. Very engaging. Hmm. You know, um, my grandfather really believed that I was the best thing to happen to this world. That's how he made me feel, whether he believed it or not. That's literally how he made me feel. You know, I I remember um, when we went through a hurricane experience and I I got some batteries and I put them together and um, the radio worked. And I mean, you know, one, when I was trying to fumble with it, I tried to say how I could make the radio work. And this time I was very young. I mean, like seven years old. Um, and he was saying, yeah, man, I know you can make it work. I know you will find a way. Mm. And it worked. And, you know, you know, clearly the joy. And, but the point is, even before he knew it would work or it could work, he was telling me that it would work. And mm. even so, when there were disappointments and when things didn't go well, it, it was never, and I really commend my mother for this, it was never a beat upon. It was mm-hmm. always, uh, all right, listen, we can get it done. Yeah, right? come try so again. Yes, yeah, so if the CXC results weren't as awesome as you wanted them to be, mm-hmm. it was never, boy, you know, that's why it was, all right, listen, no, well, you know, you're still going to six form, you're still going to well. You know, so, so I think, you know, parents, the, the more you encourage and engage your children, um, is the more you you instill that self-belief and the earlier that you do it um is is the earlier they have it and clearly nothing beats somebody just feeling loved you know mm-hmm. nothing beats somebody just feeling like um this person cares about them that's an awesome message for our parents listening self-belief believing in your children encouraging them and the first point you made about life not being a straight path as you consider the various um, skills and talents that you may have 
and where you want to go as a young person. So thank you for that. I want to jump straight now into Jamaica. Um, mm -hmm. Jamaica is going to be celebrating 60 years this year, but look at the broad context of where we are globally. Globally, we are facing a pandemic locally as well, of course, and there is a there's a war. Um, there there is unrest. There's a little bit of, you know, angst in our world. Um, but still, at 60, we we have a lot to look back and to be grateful for. What is your great hope at this time for our country? Um, and is there any particular milestone that you're hoping that we can cross? Oh, wow. Um, I guess there, there, there's so many. Um, one, you know, I think we all appreciate the, the tremendous potential that Jamaica has. Yeah. I think we've seen so many pockets of excellence. We've seen how amazing our people are, how creative they are, how talented they are. And we know that they are among the most talented, creative people in the entire world, not mm -hmm. in the region, not, you know, not in part of the world, in the entire world. Yep. We, we do have the best of the best right here in Jamaica. Mm. So, so my hope is for us to be able to truly leverage this potential and yeah. our people to truly transform our society. And, you know, it, it, it may sound cliche, but I think Vision 2030 really got it right. You know, the, the place that we want to work, live, raise our children. And do business, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. and do business and 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 that is, is what we really want to see for jamaica especially in, in this our 68 year so it means a, a number of things it means clearly being able to get crime under control it means clearly ensuring that our education system is producing uh, young people who can adapt to our creative and can communicate well and you know can deduce and reason and mm. apply themselves across various areas who are literate and strong. It, it means creating the opportunities and the atmosphere that if you have a business idea, you can transform that business idea into a business that can grow and that can do well. It, it means, frankly, finding a way to take all this potential and make us into not just the users of technology, but the creators of technology right. and to truly digitize our society and to have it running efficiently. Um, so I think there, there's so much that we hope for. There's so much that we want to see, but it will really take a, a collective effort. You know, and it, it, it is definitely a challenging and a very uncertain time in the world. And, um, a difficult time and I, I know you know as a especially as a small island developing states these things have a, a really tremendous negative impact on us on things like our food security and just mm -hmm. the ease of doing business and you know but the, the beauty and and probably this is what I want to see us continue to display and and to even accelerate that is that we, we are a resilient people yeah you know, I think resilience is our hallmark. We, mm -hmm. we have been able to make it through difficult times, time and time again, and not just to make it through, but to shine, to shine in the most difficult of times. And I think in this, our 68th year, is definitely another call on our resilience, another call on our innate strength as Jamaicans, 
another call on our talent and creativity, but we have it, we have it. I, I just would love for us to recapture some of the togetherness that used to bind us, especially that I saw growing up in mm -hmm. rural Jamaica, that I believe we have lost some of it. Uh, the, the concept of being your brother's keeper, the appreciation that we are stronger together and we can move further if we work in one accord. I think if we're able to recapture a lot of that, mm -hmm. then not only will we be able to survive the stresses that the world throws up to us now and the uncertainty, but we'll, we'll do well, we'll do well and we'll progress and we'll prosper. Couldn't agree with you more. We have about two more minutes left in this podcast. And so I want to end by asking you to continue to focus on Jamaica and share three cool things about our country. Your favorite spot in Jamaica and why? I have a feeling I know where, but I might not. But your favorite spot in Jamaica and why? Your favorite person uh, and why? And your favorite food and why? Okay. Uh, my favorite spot is, is definitely Treasure Beach. Um, <laughs> I love Treasure Beach. Um, I, I do feel like it, it's the epitome of the best of us. It is really, you know, laid back, really calm, really relaxing. But more importantly, the people are amazing. The people mm. are genuinely friendly, genuinely nice. It's the one, one of the places you can walk into a place that you do not know and come out with lifelong friends. Um, and there, there's a certain energy down there that it just rekindles your spirit. Mm. So Treasure Beach is definitely my favorite place. Um, favorite person, uh, Jamaican is Marcus Garvey. Okay. Um, and it, 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 it's simply because what he was able to achieve at the age that he achieved it, and with so many cards stacked against him. Yeah. I think he is the symbol of self-belief. He's a symbol of hard work and determination. So outside of, yes, he is really the main champion for our Black Power movement and recognition of our greatness as Black people. I think just his story and his journey and the fact that this was a Jamaican boy, man, who believed that he could change the world and literally in a overtly racist society went on to change the world. Yeah. You know, he formed our first political party. We speak about a lot of what he did abroad, but he did a number of things here. And mm -hmm. I can tell you the first manifesto that he put together, a lot of our two main parties drew from that yes. to craft their manifesto. So um, definitely Marcus Garvey, but there, there, there are so many other great people that I really regard and I really respect. I, I, I love your saying. I think, again, he has shown how you can be you while still you know, working hard and taking over the world. And I, I love mm -hmm. that about him. He has remained heavily rural, a country youth, and um, I think he really inspires a lot of hope. And it's not just about amazing talent, which he has that, mm -hmm. but it's about personality and how you put personality with talent to, to create greatness. And food, there are so many things that I love. I love Bami. <laughs> I love Bami. I'm a Bami man. I really, right. really love Bami. I love Aki and corn pork. Not necessarily ackee and sawfish. I love ackee and corn pork. All right. Um, and I am a pork man, so I love jerk pork. 
um, and what else do I love? Let me think of something sweet. Um, I love greater cake. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, I love Jamaican food. I, I, I definitely think, you know, Jamaican food is the best in, in, in the entire world. So, yeah. But, Bami, corn pork, aki. Um, are things that are dear to my heart. I could talk about pig steel and, and, and you know, mm. peas. And, oh Jeez, Lord. my hunger now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Minister, it's been a pleasure. You're a real Jamaican yeah. man, man of the soil. Thank and, and thank yeah. you so much for those wonderful messages about self-belief, belief in self, and it not being a straight path but you can still thrive and succeed. It's been yeah. a pleasure. We'll have you back because we really want to get into some of your portfolio responsibilities in the government. But we just wanted to chat with you about you for this podcast. So thank you for being with us on Impacting Jamaica. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.